designed to encourage, empower, and educate real estate professionals by sharing best practices from business leaders that are proven winners. I'm your host, Kyle Malnati, and this is Calibrate Real Estate. Broadcasting from the Mile High City, thank you for tuning in to the Calibrate Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Malnati, and this episode is going to feature a familiar voice and face. For anyone who has subscribed to the podcast for over a year, or maybe you've been binge listening, you will know the name Chris Oakley. I've had several career coaches throughout my life, and it's been a wonderful opportunity for me to learn through the assistance of professionals, and I'm a big proponent of career coaches. Chris and I have actually worked together since 2014 in a formal consulting relationship. I've been to Nashville to spend time with Chris several times, and he's come to Denver to uh, lead my organization through a consulting session for a day. And it was a wonderful experience. So Chris and I have got a lot of track record together. He's really helped me get unstuck. And I think that's what every good career coach does. Um, Chris was part of episode number five of this podcast, which was titled Strategic Business Planning. That was during the fall of last year. And again, it was episode number five, one of our most popular episodes. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I would encourage you to go dig in the archives and find episode number five. We'll also put a link to it in our show notes today. And this is a turn of the tables. Chris actually interviews me. As you might know, a lot of the podcast content is me interviewing others that have succeeded in the real estate industry and or keynote speeches of people who are successes in the real estate industry. This time around, Chris was interviewing me for the coaching program that he was working for at the time. They knew that I was struggling through some reduction of our staff. We had to reduce someone a couple of years ago. Um, we had to fire. And that, that's, never, that's never an enjoyable situation. Chris made it a lot easier for me because he coached me through that process. And then as we were going through the hiring process, I resolved to really change up our process. And this episode is all about hiring questions prior to bringing someone in for an in-person interview. So this is a continuation of our last episode, which was Who Hates Hiring? And that was a keynote speech of mine. I touched on eight things that we ask candidates as a pre-screening opportunity. And Chris liked it so much that he wanted to bring that to literally hundreds of people in their coaching program over an interview. So I hope that you enjoy this content. And uh, again, it's a deeper dive into what I introduced last week. And uh, if you'd like, continue to listen to the episode from last week, which is about our hiring process at Calibrate Real Estate. And also go and find episode number five with Chris Oakley called Strategic Business Planning. So without further ado, here's Chris Oakley, and I'll be back after this interview to give you some final thoughts. All right, I want to welcome one of our fellow Entree leaders. Uh, we have Kyle Malnati here, he's been with us for a long time, and so Kyle, you had mentioned uh, recently several times that you've made a lot of changes to your hiring process uh, because of entree leadership principles and things that you've learned here. 
tell us kind of what you were doing before and what changes you've made in your hiring process and some of the results from that. Well, I was really struggling through uh, leadership. And until I had uh, the ability to read Entree Leadership a couple of years ago, I, it really, I felt like I was making success in, in real estate. I'm a realtor here in Denver. And I was doing well on my own. But what I started to realize is that if I don't start gathering some people around me to help me out, really all I'm going to be able to do is my own work. And that's, there's a limit to that just from a time constraint. And so I was getting frustrated because I was bringing people into my organization, to my team, and uh, it wasn't really comfortable. I was having difficulty delegating. Uh, I would hire far too quickly. Uh, I wasn't disciplined in my process. And it really, until Entree Leadership, the book, and then also joining the Entree Leadership Program All Access last year and going to Entree Leadership Master Series and then uh, Summit, um, I, I really didn't have that, that key step-by-step -step process. Uh, for me, I've got no problem uh, interacting with people. I'm a real positive guy, but sometimes the actual process, the how-to, the blocking and tackling can sometimes become a little bit difficult for me. So Entree Leadership really created a clear path for me to, to hiring. Yeah, so what, what was it that happened that made you say, okay, I've got to make some changes? So I made a hire in 2013, um, and I hired almost exclusively based on talent. So what occurred was I just finished reading Entree Leadership, the book, had not joined the coaching program. And so I was sort of um, deconstructing what I thought the book was saying and kind of taking the parts that I liked and then creating my own process around uh, the parts that I wasn't interested in doing. And so the hiring process, the step-by-step, 12-step process that Dave outlines in the book, I did maybe half of those steps. And what ended up occurring is we found someone that was very talented, but we started to learn after a pretty quick period of time, it was really only about a week or two, that we started to see some real toxic tendencies. And I ignored it because I was fearful that we just went through this hiring process, we just brought someone on board, and I was starting to see some warning signs that I was concerned, and I ignored it because I didn't want to go through the hire again and admit a failure. So two years later, I had to admit that failure and it was a, it was messier. Uh, we worked through it. We actually found a wonderful um, kind of parachute for that person and they've opened their own business in real estate and been very successful. But when I was involved in all access, specifically on one of the mastermind calls with you, Chris, last summer, I, I was struggling through this process of having to have that employee leave and exit our team and then also going through a new hire and your encouragement was perfect. And I remember this uh, still today is that you said, hey, look, however long it takes, keep the process lengthy and deliberate and commit to the process. Hunker down with the rest of your teammates and figure out exactly what work has to be done that you guys cannot drop off of that person's KRA. Um, and then the other items that are more um, elective, uh, you can you can put those into a corner for a while and let those things pile up until you get that next team member. So that your coaching was really huge. And what happened this next time around is I said, I'm going to do this by the book, just like I've done with Financial Peace University. You can't half do it. You've got to do the entire process step by step all the way through. And that's awesome. And uh, I remember us having that conversation. And it is so much easier said than done. Uh, 
but I'm very impressed that you you saw it through, right? Uh, even when we're reading right now, the ideal team player, Lencioni, and, and uh, in that book, they talk about, hey, are, are we doing too much? Like, is it worth taking all this time? Uh, but you committed, and, and you just fought through it and hung on. And uh, what happened since then? What was your next hire like? It's, it was amazing. Um, the process was long. It took us, so we started, we started with our job description and our KRA, which I'd never done at the beginning of a hire. I'd always kind of either done that. The job description makes sense. You've got to put some sort of advertisement together, but I never put a KRA together until you walked me through that. We did all of that before we ever started doing any interviews. So we started the hiring process in August. We actually started advertising our uh, position um, for our new teammate in September, and that person still works with us today. They started in October, so it was really August, uh, September, October, a three-month process all the way through, and the gratifying things for me, I shared this with Ken Coleman on the Entree Leadership Podcast episode about delegation, is that our other teammate, we're a four-person team, so that was my business partner, myself, and uh, one of our key admin that was left on the team uh, when this fourth person left. Um, the, the third person uh, also happens to be my sister. And she had made a comment during a performance review uh, a couple of months after we made our new hire. And she said, it's, it's, I'm no longer working in a, in a job. I feel like for the first time I'm actually building a career. And it feels like our team has had an infusion of oxygen. I'm breathing fresh air. And I'm paraphrasing some of her words, but I mean, that was what she shared in our performance review. And I would have never been able to do that without Entree Leadership, without your coaching in the program, and then also without Dave's step-by-step process. So that's the end result. And that teammate is still with us today, almost a year into it. We love working with her. She's reading the ideal team player. Um, I mean, she is totally bought into our culture. And we're a much healthier organization now because we did it the right way. Man, I'm so pumped and proud of you, and, and it doesn't get much better than getting comments like that, especially when you don't expect it. Uh, man, that, that's fantastic, man. Proud of you. Uh, so last week, we, uh, you were on eCoaching and, and talked about some questions you ask in the interview process that you've had some great success with. So I have those in front of me here, and I want to walk through them with you because people got excited about them, and I know they were sending them out, uh, or you were sending them out, or something along those lines. Uh, so let's walk through these questions, but sure. Uh, first of all, how did you develop these questions? And then we'll kind of fly through them real quick and, and just say, what are, what are you looking for on them? So I started um, the development of the questions. I uh, reflected on your advice in our mastermind uh, session. And one of the things you had mentioned is that not only you got to make sure you commit to all of the steps, but take more time as you hire it, take twice the amount of time, you know, if you typically do two or three interviews, do eight. And so I started to think about it. I said, well, okay, my time is limited and I need to continue to produce real estate sales. And so how can I be efficient with my time, but still create extra steps in the process? And so I I started to think, well, I always ask these questions during an interview. Let's be intentional. One of the things Dave really preaches about, be intentional and start to write down questions that you would naturally ask someone in a first face-to-face or phone interview. And what I said is that wouldn't it be interesting if people answered some of these questions as part of the pre-screening process as a way of um, you know, vetting uh, the, the potential applicants. And so what we did with those questions that you have is we actually, as soon as we got an application and a resume uh, for our job posting, we sent the questions back immediately. 
gave the folks a time frame. It wasn't a long period of time, but we also didn't ask for it tomorrow. We gave them, we wanted them to reflect on the questions that we asked. Some of them are real straightforward and some of them, I'm a high eye. Uh, so what happens with my disc personality profiles, I love to think about vision and, and I love to think about um, what, people, uh, what people are interested in outside of work. And so some of them are a little bit off the wall and a little bit creative. So uh, I chose, I think, eight questions that I felt like would be, uh, would be good pre-screening questions. And it was fascinating. We ended up bouncing half of the applicants because people either didn't um, thoroughly answer the questions they, uh, or they didn't answer them at all. And so it was, it saved us so much time. Uh, it was, a, it was kind of a, I didn't plan on it being that way. It turned out really well. Yeah, I'm glad I was going to ask you that. So you said this, this step alone, before you even get involved, clears about 50% of the applicants? In our particular uh, job search, it did. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. about 50%. Cool. So I want to read through these and you just tell me what you're looking for or, or red flags uh, that you're also looking out for on these questions. Number one uh, that you asked, and once again, you send these to them on the front end for them to write answers to. Uh, why were you interested about this position on our team? So what I wanted to make sure of is that they read the job application, uh, or the, I'm sorry, the job posting, and that they actually paid attention to the way we wrote it. We spent a lot of time creating that job description, and I wanted to make sure that they could repeat back to us some of the things that they should have picked up on. And I also wanted to see if they're just paying attention um, in general to what we do and, and do some background research. So that was what I was looking for in that particular, uh, particular example. Love it. Next question was, what are your two greatest life accomplishments? What I wanted to know there was that they've accomplished something. I think that's important. I mean, we do work that matters on our team. We're a high producing real estate agent, um, both my partner and I. And so we want to know that this person's won. Uh, it doesn't have to be huge accomplishments, but we want to kind of also understand what's important to them. If it was a high school athletic accomplishment or if they were uh, somehow involved in speech and debate or what, what they like to do and what is important to them as an accomplishment. Love it. Number three, what would you consider to be your biggest weakness? What I want to know there is that they understand that they have weaknesses. I think probably the biggest trap is that we all have weaknesses. We all have things because we're strong in certain areas, we're naturally going to be weak in others. And what I don't want is someone that isn't humble enough to admit that they can't do something. Uh, I want them to be humble and I want them to understand that they're not perfect. There is only one perfect person that walked this world and it's Jesus Christ. And so I think for me, it's really, uh, I want to make sure that they understand what their weaknesses are. Love it. Number four, what is the greatest obstacle that you have successfully overcome within the past year? I've learned that uh, a lot of my success is standing on failure. Uh, Dave says that all the time. And so what I wanted to understand was, how do they overcome obstacles? This is going to be a challenging uh, environment. We don't, uh, you know, we, we don't want to create a, a real simple, um, easy type of, uh, type of job. We, we sell apartment buildings and we're helping people get their way towards retirement. So I want to make sure people understand that you're going to be stretching yourself within our team. And I want to know that you can overcome uh, adversity. What are the top three things that motivate you? So this was fun for me just because I'm such a visionary and, and uh, kind of a wide open guy. I just want to know what fires you up, what makes you excited. And that's, I, I didn't really expect a specific result on any of these questions. I'm more just trying to understand who the person is. Great. Uh, number six, how do you start your day? 
This one is important for me because I'm an early starter and that doesn't mean I needed to have someone that wakes up at four or five like I do, but I wanted to understand what they do to mentally prepare for the battlefield, for the workplace, and what do they do to start their day? That's great. Love that question. Number seven, who are two important influences in your life? Uh, people are what makes this life enjoyable. Uh, I think that as you look back, you, you constantly remember the people that you were surrounded uh, with. And so uh, that to me really hit to the heart and I wanted to, we operate as a, as a, as a family business. And so I think it's important to hear who has made a mark on your life. I love it. Uh, and finally, what salary do you expect that this position would pay? Interesting question there. What this is the for? most controversial of all the questions, which is why I made it last. <laughs> um, so this one was fun for me because our job description uh, for our future teammate and our KRA did not include a salary range. And part of what I was trying to look for is that every business is limited to a certain extent from the amount that they can pay. What I didn't want to have happening is I didn't, we were going to do a budget as we get further along in the interview process because we did commit to that step. But this was a way of kind of getting that idea out in the forefront. I didn't want someone applying for an 80 or $90,000 marketing position when we were committed to paying closer to 35 or 40. So, you know, we knew that we had a budget and we knew it was important that that was aligned with what someone could do. And so uh, Dave talks about that a lot in, in Entree Leadership about one of the first admin on his team that she was grouchy because she was, she took a job that she was passionate about, but it couldn't pay her bills. And we never want to put someone in that situation. It was interesting. The results that we got, we had salary ranges all over the board. Um, a lot of them fell into the range that we wanted, but uh, there were people that got bounced out of the process, unfortunately, just because they had a acumen that demanded a higher salary, at least to their, um, you know, the way they described it. And so we just said, Hey, this is not the right job for you. Not the right position. Man, this is great, Kyle. Thank you for sharing this with everyone. You're welcome. Great run through on those questions. And, and thank you for committing to it uh, and being a testimony that it, it works, right? Because once again, this hiring process is not for the weak of heart. Like it takes commitment and, and you push through and, and you have rock stars because of it. And, and proof's in the pudding. And, and it's hard for me to just stand here and tell you that it works without folks experiencing it and other entree leaders coming up and saying, and trust the process and do it. Uh, and I love the way that you've added to the process, right? And done your own thinking for what makes sense for you. Uh, just a great example of entree leadership, Kyle. I appreciate you sharing and, and glad to have you on board, man. Thank you. It, it's my pleasure. And if I might say one, one more add on to that is that if there's anybody new on the e-coaching sessions, this content really works. And what I would encourage you to do is if you feel like you're struggling through something, actually getting on uh, the Ask a Coach feature, uh, doing some of the office hours that Chris is doing now. I mean, really plug into this because I've found that if you do, it's, it's made measurable improvements to my business. I was doing well already when I started uh, the e-coaching program, but I'm doing so much better. I'm a far more effective leader because of Entree Leadership. Man, appreciate that plug. That's awesome. Kyle, seriously, thank you very much. You're uh, My pleasure. Friend, dude. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Take care, Chris. Thank you. See ya. And we're back. Thank you so much for tuning in to that interview of Chris Oakley interviewing me about our pre-screening process. The whole point of that process, as you can tell, is to really make sure that we can prune the applicant pool or cull someone out before they come in. We don't want them to waste their time coming in, getting all dressed up, 
uh, spending a lot of time and energy for an interview in person if they really weren't the right fit in the first place. So as you can tell, this is a good process that we've developed over time. It's worked really well for us. I'd encourage you to follow it step by step. And uh, if you want to add to it, of course you can. The big takeaway, as you might be able to tell from my last podcast, Who Hates Hiring, is that for a long time, over the 13 years I've been in the real estate industry, I've, I've met and interviewed a lot of different people. Some of those interviews have been successful people that I'm wanting to learn more about. And then some of those interviews have been people that I want to join my team. And oftentimes I would not prepare correctly. I wouldn't spend enough time thinking about the applicant before I brought them in. And what ended up occurring is I would either hire too quickly and have to at some point say goodbye to that person after I realized after several, several months and maybe even a couple of years that they weren't really the right fit. And I could have figured that out on the front end if I would just taken more time, more T-I-M-E, to find the right prospect. So hopefully this will help. This will be one more tool in your toolbox that you can use as you embrace hiring a new person. A couple of reminders is that on our last episode, we had shared that if you send an email to I-N-F-O, that's info at calibrate.re.com, and you tell us that you've given us a five-star review on the Apple iTunes podcast app, we will send you free of charge a book by Patrick Lincioni called The Ideal Team Player. July, this month that we're recording these episodes, our topic is all about hiring, and we want to equip you with as many resources as we can to help you in your hiring process. So if you'd like a free book, all you have to do is send an email. We won't necessarily read your email over the air if you don't want us to do that. But if you would like us to read your review, please make a comment about that and just send your contact information to info at Calibrate RE. Our podcast producer, Kayla Davis, will be watching for those emails and she will send you a book very quickly once you've provided a good mailing address for you here in the United States and or Canada. And uh, as I always love to say, we've reached the end of our time. Hopefully this episode has been meaningful to you and you've learned something maybe that you didn't know before. Um, so what, what I love to say to all of my uh, podcast watchers on YouTube and listeners on iTunes, I'm Kyle Malnati and I will see you around the neighborhood. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care and have a great day.